Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Option Pitch College Football Radio Show. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Third thing I want you to do, and the last thing, I want you to go tell Southern Cal to bring a damn lunch because it's going to be a long ass day for us. And good evening. My name is Rick Riggin, and this is the Option Pitch College Football Radio Show. We actually have a pretty fun show planned for tonight. We're going to talk a li- about a little bit of a Les Miles, do some Les Miles talk. But I already know what you're thinking. I mean, Les Miles has been beat up the past week and a half because he got fired. And you can go through any radio show, any TV show, and listen to why he got fired. I'm not going to talk about why he got fired. What I'm more interested in is why is what is next for Les Miles. We're also going to do some coaches' hot seats. Uh, we're going to do – Three big games coming up this weekend. We're going to get into the into uh, during this show, and you can call the show at seven seven three eight nine seven six three two seven. Come hang out with me. Uh, we can talk college football. We can talk Star Wars. Whatever you want to do, you can also get at the show on Twitter at Option Pitch at Riggin underscore Rick. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, on iTunes, especially the Castbox app for iTunes. Just search the Option Pitch. At option or option pitch at gmail.com. That's all kinds of ways you can tweet out or get in touch with me and the show. But right now, there is a gentleman standing by who does want to hang out with me right now, and he is the host of The Balance every Saturday morning, Mr. Tom Marquez. Tom, welcome to Wednesday night. Hey, you know what? It's a pleasure to, to, to be here with you, Rick. And I, I tell you what, uh, I, I've listened to a few of your episodes, and you've got a, a really good thing going on here, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I, I, I think that you underrate yourself. I think that you have a, a lot of potential here, and I, I'm glad to be a part of the uh, frontier episodes of Option Pitch. Well, yeah, very frontier. Actually, this is the first episode of the Option Pitch because I actually had a <laughs> studio change a couple weeks ago, and I've been trying to get this going the past two or three weeks, and now it's finally here, episode one of the option pitch. So, yeah, right right at the very starting line of the frontier, this is the option pitch. So, yeah, thank you for coming well, by tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. But long time before uh, Roman numerals, right? So we, we got right. some time before the, before the Roman numerals kick in. And, you know, I appreciate you too, Rick. You've been on my show many times, and, and certainly, uh, you know, we have been doing our show for a long time now, and we we do everything, uh, uh, you know, from uh, from racing all the way to NFL to NBA, and you've been great on coming out, out, out and uh, – and talking some uh, uh, college football with us, especially Notre Dame. So we appreciate pr- appreciate you. So I'm looking forward to seeing what, what's coming forward here with the option pitch. Yeah, well, it's actually easier to do whenever you're a guest. But when you're the guy, you know, like <laughs> I am right now, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking. But, you know, here we go. <laughs> All right, so, so here, here we go. I mean, Yeah, here we go. Last smiles. You know what? Uh, Fire from LSU, I believe that was about two Sundays ago now. You know, it's kind of just been beat up everywhere on TV. 
and the radio. Uh, you know, it's his lack of offensive production, maybe just lack of really winning big games the last few years. And me personally, I think that's what they want you to believe. You know, it, it's former players, it's fans, it's boosters. You know, the, Les Miles won 76% of his games, and they, you know, they drove him out of town for this stuff. And they want you to believe it's the lack of winning big games and the lack of the offensive production. You know, he's got Leonard Fournette. You know, big time back NFL guy, and they just can't win these big games. I think that is what they want you to believe, but I don't think that's true. I think it all has to do with the Nick Saban effect of what he's done in the SEC, where he recruits around that area, and as you know, before he went to the Dolphins way back in the day, he actually uh, was LSU's guy. He was their head coach, and now they see him go off to Alabama and have all this success. And they're like, you know, that's probably got to leave a bitter taste in all, all their mouths, probably a big chip on their shoulder. And I think that's ultimately what led to Les Miles uh, being fired at LSU. Well, you know, we watched the, we watched the, uh, sh- the movie Blindside, and we saw how, how involved Nick Saban is. Nick Saban is a, a college coach. He's a college football coach. I, I, I certainly don't want to attribute the, the fact, Rick, that uh, Les Miles was, was fired because of his ability to measure up to Nick Saban. I think where, why Les Miles was fired, to be honest with you, we're talking about the L- LSU Tigers. We're talking about uh, the SU- SEC country. We're talking about this is college football era. You know, we're excited here in Indiana where we're based at, obviously. Uh, we're excited to, to just to see IU win and, and beat against uh, uh, Michigan State, and they go against Ohio State next week. We're not, we have no expectations, and I say that because here's what happens with LSU. You have expectations. You have LSU Tiger football. And, you know, we, we saw today on the news, maybe this is the wrong time to, to bring this up, but the They've lost their tiger and their uh, their coach. Uh, the tiger only has a few more months left, and I don't think he's going to be making any more uh, any more uh, appearances. El- the LSU tiger or Mike the tiger, if you will. There's an Indiana yeah, he's got connection. A brain cancer, there. brain tumor, brain cancer, something like that. Right, and you know, you know, Rick. There's an Indiana connection to that. Uh, he was actually uh, bred or raised and 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 uh, given to and donated to. LSU from the uh, uh, feline rescue uh, down there by your neck of the woods, actually, down there close to Evansville. I think it's actually in Clay County, somewhere in between Bloomington and Evansville. Just like if you take like 46 straight down there, uh, it, that's exactly where he was raised at. Yeah, and so they're, they're going to have to get a new tiger. Uh, you know, maybe that's the wrong time. I wasn't really trying to make a joke, but they've lost their coach. They've lost their tiger. There's a lot of changes that are happening there at LSU. And I, and I make that contrast, Rick, because here, here's the deal. When you're an LSU, you're an, also an LSU Tiger. And there's a lot that expects that, that, that is expected from you. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, what, what caused the, the, the dismissal, if you will, of LSU, it, 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 he's going to land on his feet. Let's, let's not feel too sorry for him. I mean, he, oh, yeah, he's going to be able to. <laughs> yeah. He's going to head coach somewhere in 2017. 
and, and you know what? Here, here's the thing. We all know that his son is committed to a Big Ten school. I don't know exactly what school that is, but I know just from his words and his interviews, he's committed to a Big Ten school. And, you know, he's going to land on his feet somewhere, and, and I'm sure that it came with a, a contract payout. So we don't need to feel too awfully sorry for him. Uh, but, you know, here's at the end of the day. I think, you know, that, that there's a lot of uh, positions that w- w- we could talk about this in a minute. There's a lot of things that places that where uh, LSU is going to get a new coach from. And, and certainly we, we, we talk about Texas and we talk about Oregon. Both of those 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 places are places where they can come from, you know, uh, co- uh, big name programs like you know Texas and so forth. And they, we talked about this before, though. We talked about this actually on my show about Texas and Oregon being on the hot seat. So, well, you know, Miles can have some options, and we'll see what happens, and we'll see where he goes, and you know, broadcasting might be an option for him as well. And and, and you know, so we'll see where where he ends up at. But I, I in my opinion, I. Think LSU just let him go too early. They should have just at least let him finish the season. I mean, once you realize, hey, once you realize that your team's not good enough to get you to a point, that point has came and gone. We we talk about this with you and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We know, and we talked about this on our show, Rick, that the 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 point of a national champ has came and gone. You could you could fire Kelly, which probably won't happen, as we you and I have talked about off mic that, that they did a contract extension, so it probably won't happen. So what we can what we can see is no matter what happens from this point, whether it be with LSU, Notre Dame, or any of these other teams, Texas, or any of these other teams, that the coaches are definitely on the hot seat. There's nothing that can happen that can change what's already happened. So what you've got to look at is who can you bring. In. The only thing you're going to do is bring in an interim coach that can possibly play off what you've already done. You, you look at some situations where the player, there might be some player and personnel changes. You really can't make the decision on who and why and where is your next coach. All you have to do is is ride the season through. So I say, why not just go ahead and ride your season through through the coach, even if you already know that that's not going to be your guy for next year, Rick. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's also going to take a, a high-profile program to bring in Les Miles. I don't think Les Miles is going to settle for anything less at this point. You know, you see some of these coaches get fired like this, and they end up at Western Kentucky or Ball State, some Mac school or some of these smaller schools. But I don't think that's the case for Les Miles. I, there, there's some big-time programs that have coaches on the hot seat now that I bet have already made the phone call to Les Miles. And I think Texas is one of them. I do think Oregon is one of them. And I also think USC is one of them. Well, you got to also remember that Les Miles was uh, the coach of Odell Beckman Jr. So let's not totally rule out the fact that the NFL might come a sniffing next year. So here, here's the thing. He's got plenty of money, as we established. Uh, he's got some time to just sit back and chill and relax and, you know, come up with the best option for him and his family. And you're very much – you, that, that, that certainly is a, an opportunity for him. We'll see. I, we, I think you and I both can agree that Texas is going to come open. We think that Oregon's going to come open. But, you know, is a big-time program necessarily in the SSC? Maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, I, as, as we have proven, uh, and, you know, that, that might be his replacement. But down there in Houston, that's become a big-time program. So there's a, a Purdue has become a program that, that – 
that needs some work. And to, to be to be honest with you, I think completely that LS that LS that Les Miles, if that position in Purdue opened up, he'd take a strong look at it, especially since we know his son's already committed to a Big Ten school. How's the uh, seat right now? Well, I guess it's pretty good now, but because <laughs> IU just beat Michigan State, but. I was thinking before that game that Kevin Wilson's seat was getting a little warm in IU, and that could have potentially been, you know, a, a, a decent landing spot, middle of the road team anymore in the Big Ten for for less miles. But I, I, me personally, I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take. He's he's going to take a job at a at a high end program, and I'm thinking it's it's going to be between the three. It's going to be between a uh, Texas, USC, and Oregon. Well. <laughs> Texas is certainly going to be the driving force there. I mean, I think anybody knows why Les Miles would go to would would, would go to Texas, and it's too early to tell. And you know, we talked. You, you very well mentioned uh, uh, Wilson, and and his seat wasn't that hot. I mean, let's let's face it. He went to a bowl game last year. Uh, he went to to the Pinstripe Bowl last year. Was able to play on New Year's Day. Uh, let, let's let's face that opportunity for him, and also. He's won some games here in the in the non-divisional. Yes, we talk about Wake Forest that being a a, a close close game. But at the, on on the other flip side of it, we see what they were able to do against Michigan State. And I look at when they when they go to Ohio State, it's just a, a continuation part two. If you look at Rocky one, two, and three, maybe this is Rocky two. Here, here's here's the thing. I don't think anybody expects. Uh, IU to go down to to uh, over to Columbus and, and and have a win. I think that's that's great for for uh, Coach Wilson. I think that helps him a lot. I don't think I don't know that his seat was that hot. I think that as IU fans with football, it, now if it was basketball, we we'd be having a different a different conversation. And we've had that conversation also on this show about Tom Green. I think that that if. Uh, the roles were basketball and, and different. That would be a, a different uh, scenario. But when you look at when you look at IU beating Michigan State, first Big Ten, the first conference ten, they, they beat them. And maybe maybe Michigan State was entirely overrated, and maybe that's you know that's not on us. We don't rate them. You know we don't we don't give the AP polls and coaches polls and, and, that, and that sort of stuff. But maybe they were a little bit overrated, and maybe IU was a little bit underrated. And you got to remember, though, last year IU gave Ohio State a run for their money. I think this year is going to be a, a very good telltale year. I don't think that 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 his seat is that that hot. I can guarantee you, Purdue's seat is a lot hotter than than IU's. Yeah, definitely. And we also just uh, talked about you know what could be next for LSU coming down the road here. Now we've done uh, less miles and. On your show, The Balance, we got into this a little bit, and my question was, and I kind of didn't like your answer, by the way, for this question when you came <laughs> to me last Saturday. But, uh, okay. <laughs> I said, uh, all right. you know, if one of the top two names that comes up all the time for these high-end uh, top programs for college football is Lane Kiffin. And my question was, what really has Lane Kiffin done to earn all these top jobs? Because he was fire and Raiders, and then he punked out of the dissed Tennessee to go to USC, then he's fired on the tarmac at USC, and now Nick Saban hired him as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, I don't know why he's always considered for these uh, high-end jobs, and I can't remember what your answer was, but I didn't really like it too much, you know, because it made sense, but you know, <laughs> it was totally <laughs> the wrong answer I was looking for. I don't, I don't understand why 
Lane Kiffin has always considered for these jobs. But now LSU is open back up. Uh, Lane Kiffin's name is one of the top ones up there yeah, being considered for, and I don't understand why. Well, here's the thing. I don't understand why you don't like my answer when you don't even remember what the answer was. But just remember you didn't I, like it. I don't it. remember <laughs> what I said. <laughs> that, that, that was classic, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mr. Rick Riggin. You know, yeah, here, I, don't, I don't remember what it was. I just know I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you gotta you got to look at marquee programs and, and, and where he was hired in and why did a marquee program hire him. Why did they hire him? Uh, you know, here's kind of a, you talk about the timeline of his career. Why does he keep popping up? You know, he was really, I think it was a surprise for a lot of people when, when, uh, when Kiffin was hired as the Raiders head coach and, uh, and then, and then Al Davis surprisingly picked the USC, USC, uh, offensive coordinator. And then you look at, I think, you know, when was that? You look at it probably back at time. Kiffin probably knew his, his, his time as a head coach of the Oakland Raiders was, was really running short after that uh, 18 months in the, in, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. And, and um, uh, he called uh, Sh- Chimboski or whatever his name was to attempt a 76-yard field goal. Uh, right. And uh, with a few seconds left before before halftime, uh, so he gets fired from Oakland. But the thing about it is, he was hired at Oakland. Uh, and then you got to then you got to look at you know Rocky Top a little bit more than a month after that, he was let go by the Raiders. Kiffin was officially named the head coach of Tennessee, replacing fired former national champion uh, uh, Phil Former. Uh, which the, the reaction was very very mixed for that. Uh, and then Kiffin obviously takes on the SEC, and and uh, I, you know you look at uh, Austin Jeffrey, you looked at, uh, and then you also look at uh, Kiffin Bales. Uh, you know a lot of people don't like him, and and the 2011 season. I think here's why Lane Kiffin keeps showing coming up because he's considered for whatever reason. And of course, every, we know everything went wrong in 2012, and then there was the the whole campaign of firing uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, and then he went to USC, uh, and and uh, you know he was fired from USC. The thing about it is, for whatever reason, and maybe we don't know, and maybe we don't understand, but the thing about it is, he keeps getting hired at marquee jobs for doing mar for doing minimal work, and. And maybe it goes all the way back. You can trace it all the way back to the Raiders that, hey, if he's good enough to coach in the NFL, he's got to be good enough to coach our program. So you look at big programs that spend big money. Uh, Rick, here's the reason why Lane Kiffin keeps popping up, because he coached USC, uh, because he coached the Raiders, because he coached Tennessee, because he's coached these marquee teams. That's why his name keeps popping up. Maybe we have a different program for him. Maybe we have an opportunity that why he didn't succeed there, he can succeed in our program. So absolutely, and I don't think his name really pops up in conversation with really any serious offers with anybody but people like us, Rick. <laughs> I think that's where yeah, it pops yeah. up all the time. I, uh, you know, I'm a Twitter junkie. You know, I, I live on Twitter, and I, I always just see the LSU fan base or SEC. You know, all their fans, and man, that is that is one of the top names that pops up. And I can actually see why uh, getting getting fired from Oakland and then getting hired on at Tennessee. Why that makes sense? Because at the time, he's only like what 32 years old, something like that, when he was at Oakland, really young head coach for the in the NFL. 
So it makes a lot of sense for Tennessee to hire a guy like that. But I, I don't know if I believe this or not. Maybe I do some, but I always hear the no, no, the number one reason why he's always in line for these top these top jobs is he's riding Monty Kiffin coattails his father because his father is Monty well, Kiffin, and that's why he's always considered for these top jobs. Well, there's something to be said about pedigree, and we talked about that that on our show. Uh, many times, uh, and you know, there's something to be said about pedigree and racing. You've got the Andretti's, uh, and you know, you've got that name when you've got that, you're absolutely right. That could, that, that, uh, you know, the, the Colts off, uh, offensive line coach. I mean, you look at his father and a lot of coaches in the NFL fathers coached in the coached in the NFL. So yeah, there's absolutely something to that. We're going back to LSU. There's really only one person and and I know I said this on my show, but there's really only one call that should be be happening right now between LSU. And that is that is strictly to Tom Herman. They should be not talking to anybody else. Look at this. They're at five and zero oh right now. They're getting ready to take on the Navy midshipman who is three and one. I understand that. And you know, as much as I love the the the, the uh, service academies, the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and what have you, you know, I, I love what they're doing for our country. And certainly, we don't look at wins and losses when it comes to them, and we oftentimes give them a pass. But at at the same time, five and zero. Oh, the Houston and, and let's think about this. Last year, Rick, you and I talked several times. You know, on on Tuesday nights and various different college uh, shows that we had about how good this Houston team was, they need to be talking to Tom Herman. That's it. And I know we can't. And I we we've said this before. They can't talk about it publicly. And I re- I realize that maybe you think, well, they're going to go into the Big Twelve, and maybe it's not going to be something that he wants to do. That might be true. And he might stay at Houston and say, hey, I'm I'm not finished here. My work's not finished here. I'm going to take a little bit less pay. But I can tell you one thing: if money is important to Tom Herman, which let's just face it, let's be real here, it's 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 a reality to all of us. And if money is the real reason why you're coaching, and the advancement in your career is why you're coaching, which I would I would put ninety five percent of all coaches out there in that bucket. If he's one of the five percent, then no, we don't have this discussion. But at the same time, if we're not having that discussion, Tom Herman needs to shut it down right now, and he might well, well very well be. I'm, and you know, here, here's the thing. Again, it's just us media people talking. It's a, the speculation between the two of us talking. But there should be one person that LSU calls, and that's Tom Herman. Let's make it happen. This is your job. This is your program. This is your future. This is your money. And I can tell you one thing. I think LSU is in a much better position to to offer a, an opportunity to Tom Herman. Now, maybe, and I don't know all the particulars with, with the contracts of, of Houston, and maybe Houston has a, a contract in place for the first right to refusal. That might be. And, okay, if you can't match it, you can't match it. But maybe... There's that, and I don't think they could match anything that LSU could, could give them. Money-wise, at least this year, maybe with the promise of next year, if they do go into the Big 12, then the money will be there. But it won't be there this year. It won't be available for them to spend this year. So I think that LSU goes to, well, should go to Tom Herman and say, hey, you're our guy. Let's get you to Baton Rouge. What do we got to do to make that happen? And really, at the end of the day, that's who the guy goes. Now, he again, he may stay, Rick, and say, hey, my work's not finished here. I'm going to take less pay. 
let's just keep uh, keep doing what Cougar football does. And he and he's the hero at the end of the day, and everybody loves him. And and I, you know, it could go that way as well. Well, you know, Tom Herman, that's the hottest name in all of sports right now, really. You can look outside college football, and people are knowing who Tom Herman is now. And he's going to be considered for every job that opens up. We might get on the balance on Saturday because something crazy has happened <laughs> in the college football world between now and right. Saturday. And all of a sudden, we're going to be talking about Tom Herman for Texas or Tom Herman for Oregon. You know, he's going to be considered for every job that's going to open up. You know, Tom Herman at USC – and uh, and you just brought this up a minute ago. If Houston, if the Big 12, and I don't know, maybe they have, reached out to Houston already to join the conference, uh, now Tom Herman's going to be at Houston, and he does a hell of a job recruiting there, and he doesn't have to go that far away. I, I saw a graph where he only has to drive like 60 miles. He drove like a 60-mile circle around Houston to get most of his team. Now, if he can do that, he's going to get a pay bump for joining the Power 5 conference. And they're still going to dominate, you know, teams and have these undefeated seasons. You know, last year, they, they lost one game to UConn last year, and they made all these bumper stickers and stuck them everywhere all over campus to remind everybody about that one loss to UConn. Now they're 5-0 and this year. If he's able to keep doing this and he joins the Big 12, I don't know if he really wants – if why he would – why would he feel like, the, like he would need to leave, you know, unless – it's a bigger pay jump. It, it's the, more the of the prestige for a school like LSU going to coach at LSU or USC, something like that. But if the Big 12 reaches out and they and they join the Big 12, uh, I, I don't see a reason for Tom Herman, you know, why he needs to leave Houston. You know what? And that's a very valid point, Rick. And here's the thing: that's going to have to come into place sooner than later. And yeah, something like that doesn't come together without uh, it getting leaked, if you will. And so at this point, all we're talking about is the talk about is the talk about. And, you know, that's a valid point. Why would he – you know, that is a good opportunity for him to – as you mentioned, he's the hottest name in college football right now. But let's not forget at all either that there's going to be some NFL teams calling him and, and checking the room temperature for coordinators, for line coaches, for various different things that he, that he knows can be a boost in his career – We've talked about it before. In 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 where are you at in your career? Are you happy? And if if more money and promotion and advancement is something that means something to you, he's going to start listening to these teams. And let's let's be real. The NFL is going to talk to Tom Herman. The NFL. There's a lot of teams out. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars might be one of them. You know, there's a that's lot a of good, teams, that's, I, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about that. That's good. That's pretty good. You know. So the the thing about it is he may not jump right into an NFL position, but I can tell you the NFL is going to be the also checking the room temperature and they have money to spend. And again, if, if, if his career is about career, I mean, why did he take the job with Houston in the first place to build a great program? Absolutely. Which is what he did. And so he was able to take that program and take it to where it's at now, but maybe it's time to pass that torch and allow him to move on to something bigger and better. But maybe he doesn't feel like it's ready for him at this particular point, but I, I can tell you one thing, as you as you said and, and solidified, there's there's only one team that name that's going to come up at the top of every list, and that, and that's you know obviously uh, Tom Herman. I know we got a couple other hot seats that that you and I had had, had uh, uh, talked about that we wanted to, that we wanted to talk about, and you know certainly I don't want to dominate all the time with the LSU Tigers and you know what's what's going on with them. 
but you know, it, it's your show, so I apologize if I'm if I'm. Uh, if don't I'm worry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, just just uh, you're, you're just one big run-on sentence. And that, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's here's the thing, and in 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 all my years of doing radio and doing sports casting, and you know, working with ESPN and doing my own show and and having various different things, one of the greatest guests I can ever have on is a guest that I could just throw a softball and let them and let them kind of eat up the time uh, for me so that that I'm okay with that but I, I certainly I, I I want to to, to uh, just touch on the, the talking points that you talked about and we talked about Charlie Strong and in, in Texas and we talked about Clay Hilton in, in USC and you know the, the thing that caught my eye here you, you were talking about uh, will will Mushcamp of South Carolina and the rumors uh, surrounding uh, uh, Bob Stoops in, in Oklahoma uh, and you're still throwing in Brian Kelly. You still kind of throw him underneath the bus. Is that is that the is that the Irish love in you or, or what? <laughs> that is the uh, you know the hate filled rants on Twitter that I read after they get beat by Duke. <laughs> <laughs> how does that happen anyway? <laughs> I think we know hey, how. I'm thinking if Brian Kelly is looking. I don't know if he is for sure. I doubt that he is. I don't know why you want to if you're Brian Kelly. But if he's looking for a way out, and LSU or USC calls you. Uh, you know, that's something to think about, really, because it, it's a little easier to get the athletes you want at those two schools than it is at Notre Dame because of the uh, academic standards and everything that goes along with Notre Dame. You know, it's easier to – I don't know if it's – I wouldn't say it's easier to win. Maybe that's not the right thing I'm trying to say. But you know you know what I mean, you know, with academics just aren't as high at, at some of these other places. And he can get the athletes he wants at another top program like LSU or USC. Well, here's the thing about Notre Dame. It was good to see them get that win in Syracuse. I think they knew they had it. I think we talked about this as well. It was a must, must win for Kelly and the Irish and for all the fans, obviously going in two and three against the Wolfpack, uh, the North Carolina State Wolfpack, which, by the way, is three and one. They're still on the road. And there, there's it doesn't look like this is going to help them any, any any better. But certainly they go to Raleigh and they take on, you know, uh, the, the Wolfpack of North Carolina State, which is a very, very good team. And, uh, and you know, there's still plenty of time to break down the, to break down the, the numbers of that game. Uh, but, you know, he, here's the thing, uh, and this is one of those teams that you and I actually talked about uh, a couple weeks ago on the show that North Carolina Wolf, uh, North Carolina State Wolfpack is certainly one of those teams that can play to the weaknesses. And, uh, and let's, let's face it, Notre Dame and the Irish has, has, has shown their weaknesses on tape in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, three of the the games, uh, two, three of the games that they've already played this season because they're two and three. They've lost three. So what you want to do is when teams watch tape, they watch tape of the teams that beat them, not of the teams that they won against, because they want to make sure that they know how did they beat them, what did they do. And North Carolina State is very, very good. And the reason why they're three and one right now, Rick, is because they're very, very good at watching tape and finding the weakness and going after that Achilles heel, if you will. Yeah, well, well, they're really giant killers. Just go back to the past couple of years and look at the record against Florida State. I mean, it, it, it's pretty good. So uh, I'm worried about that game. I don't really want to bring my uh, concerns here to, to my show about Notre Dame, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
Offensively, Notre Didn't Dame is a juggernaut. Their <laughs> offense is, is outstanding. And Deshaun Kaiser and Todd McShay said this a couple of days ago, and I couldn't believe it, as Todd McShay has him as the number one quarterback right now for 2017, the number 18 player overall in the draft, but the number one quarterback. And I was just blown away because the defense at Notre Dame has put a lot of pressure on Deshaun Kaiser to uh, step up and keep him in games. And what made me mad, you know, People were just happy that Notre Dame only gave up 33 points to Syracuse and celebrating that, and I'm mad as hell over it. You know, you don't give up 33 to Syracuse. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, one of the well, – I guess uh, I don't want to root for a hurricane, and that's that's really bad to say. But I can tell you one thing. Should Hurricane Matthews uh, approach North Carolina uh, – now – it could get moved to South Bend, and that can make a big difference. I, I mean, my son lives in North Carolina, too, and Raleigh's a little bit inland, so I don't know how much of a difference that will happen, but we'll see. If Matthews makes a big difference, you know, the, the game could get moved uh, to South Bend, and we'll find out that probably tomorrow or the next day if that's actually going to happen. If that happens, that's, that's a good thing for the Irish. Yeah, and you know, and real quick, and that you brought up the hurricane. If you just happen to be listening, if you just clicked on my link, because I have a lot of Twitter followers and everything, and you're in Florida, Georgia, or one of the Carolinas, if you can't evacuate, leave, get out of there, because this thing is a killer. I mean, it, the death toll's up to 25 to 30 now, and it's just hit Haiti, is getting into the, to the Bahamas. Uh, if you can evacuate, just please, please do it. You know, it, right. get to the middle of the state, do something. You know. Right, and that's you know what we were talking about with Raleigh. My my son lives in in Jacksonville, which is close to the the the, the coast, and so I, I know he's he's talking to me about they've already got hurricane warnings and stuff. So yeah, this is this is the this is the real deal. Uh, but speaking of of the real deal, Rick, you know here here if we can just sidestep a little bit and go over to the NFL and talk about the Colts across the pond against the. The, uh, the, the <laughs> you want to talk about Jaguars. that? <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it, but I guess what I want to know is, uh, I guess one of my biggest questions. Well, we'll certainly talk about this on my show teaser. But uh, <laughs> right. here, hey, here's, here's yeah, wait, plug, plug your show on my show. I like it. <laughs> Hey, feel free to do the the same, vice versa. Oh, definitely. Thing, how can you? How can you be? Just basically a third and and uh, uh, I mean I'm sorry a four, four well uh, amounted to a fourth and one or a fourth and just a few yards. Why why not that Allen is Dwight Allen's not a, a good uh, tight end and couldn't catch the ball, which clearly he can't or didn't at that precise moment that we needed him to. But why not use Frank Gore? What a work work workhorse he is! I think that made all the difference in the game. People look at these game changes and say, "Hey, what's happening?" I'm not going to jump on that band like, "Oh, the season's over," uh, you know, do the whole chicken little dance. But what I can tell you, one thing is, there's not. I don't know. Maybe there's right decisions. I don't know. And then, and then we see them uh, make some uh, releases today, like this is FanDuel. We're gonna sit, we're gonna we're gonna change your roster around, <laughs> you know, every single week. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think that where they lost that game, and this is just me being an observer. This is just me being a media guy. This is just me talking about sports. But why do you not put Frank Gore? In that play, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to get some yardage, but all you had to do was get a first down, and we were close enough that I think Vinatieri could have at least tied the game. 
Well, uh, what just popped in my head a minute ago, almost about self-laugh <laughs> out loud here. But, uh, uh, hey, maybe Pagano oh, wants well. to give it the old yeah, – maybe, maybe Pagano wants to give it the old college try. We'll see him at LSU next year. <laughs> I don't see right. – I don't see – I don't see Pagano or Grigson going anywhere. Obviously, they just signed that contract extension this year. I don't. I don't see them going anywhere at all. Uh, but it, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. Well, now we're then in, in the uh, NFL portion of the show, and I, I mentioned this to you earlier. What about Chip Kelly? Do you think he's sick of the NFL? You think he wants to get back in college? I think so. I think he, he does absolutely. I'll tell you what I'm going to let you do. I'm going to let you break down those games here just real quickly. I have, I'll be right back in two seconds. I'll let you go ahead and break down on those games. I'll be right back. Oh, you're leaving. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll be right, right back well, this, in two seconds. Yeah. Well, this weekend, you know, we have Tennessee versus Texas A&M. And Tennessee, it's like every game they've had this year, they pulled it out in the fourth quarter somehow, except for that game against Virginia Tech at Bristol. That is the game where they actually look really dominant to me. But now we have them at A&M, uh, another big, tough one. And what makes it super tough for Tennessee is this is actually the game before they go to Alabama next week. So they have A&M and then Alabama. Uh, sometimes teams will, will get a cupcake game before playing Alabama so they can kind of overlook the cupcake a bit and prepare for Alabama. Tennessee does not have that option. Uh, going against Texas A&M you know, right before Alabama at I, I can't believe that's extremely tough. And I think that by itself is the reason why Tennessee will finally get a loss this year. They're undefeated. Well, yeah, they're undefeated. But I do believe okay, Tennessee is actually going to lose. All right, yeah. I was breaking down Tennessee yeah, right. Texas A&M. And here's my take on it. Uh, Tennessee at Texas A&M this week. And what makes this game really difficult is a and really good for one thing. But this is actually the game before Tennessee plays against Alabama. And I just think that by itself – Tennessee will finally get their first loss this year because it seems like every week they have a fourth quarter comeback and they win, except that game against Virginia Tech, like I was talking about at Bristol. But Tennessee versus Texas A&M, I think A&M is going to get the win in this only because it's just it's that that week before the Alabama game, and I just think that's just a lot of pressure for Tennessee if they really want to establish themselves. Like everybody's talked about how good they're going to be every year. This is finally the year for Tennessee. Well, now they're going to have to prove it this year because uh, they got A&M this weekend and Alabama next weekend. I just think that that's a, a pretty – that's like the worst one-two punch in the country you can have. And I think Tennessee would get their first loss this week, and it's probably not going to look much better for them next week either. Well, I, t- I totally agree with you. I mean, Tennessee at Texas A&M, I think uh, a lot of people predict that this is not going to be a, a, a pretty game for them. And I did just run off on you, by the way. I have some hounds here at the house, and I, I saw them getting a little bit restless. So I was I just wanted yeah. to make I just I just wanted to make sure they didn't go on a on a barking spree. Uh, the emergency. Before, uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to. I was trying to make sure that that they didn't. The the hounds didn't go uh, crazy uh, here. So they uh, sometimes they hear sounds, or sometimes they just think they need to be outside. So I thought it was better that I just go ahead and and um, move them outside. <laughs> That's what uh, happened, yeah. Mr. Rick Brigham. You know, but that, well, you just you make know, sure they go to the bathroom in your house before they bark on my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, right, well, I would want them to. 
<laughs> you know, I would want, I would I would want them to bark on your show. So I mean, the oh, only no, barking yeah, yeah. I want is, is 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 the dogs of your 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 fans, the barking of your 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 right, fans. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, we'll I tell the, you what, which, go ahead. Yeah, we'll do the Arsenio Hall thing where we you do the fist pump, you know, <laughs> while they're barking in the background. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, 2002 saw that Rick and said, "Stop talking about Arsenio Hall." So. Oh right, yeah, I'm just, right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, let me run down the, the second, that... second game real quick. Second to three, I'm gonna run this sure. down. The uh, Alabama against Arkansas. Uh, I actually think it's a pretty good matchup for Arkansas. And if anybody can match up well with Arkansas in the SEC, uh, Alabama, I mean, in the SEC, it's going to be Arkansas because they have that whole pro style, you know, just punch you in the mouth uh, offense, kind of like what Alabama does. And I think they match up uh, with Alabama very well. I do not see Arkansas beating Alabama, but I do think that they're going to beat them up enough and make this game interesting. And if there's any coach in all of college football that I would like to have a beer with, it would be Brent Filma from uh, Arkansas. I thought you were going to say Nick Saban from Alabama. But, <laughs> but, but you, <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. I, I doubt he drinks. He, he offered like 65, 66 years old, whatever. He's a pretty fit guy. I, I doubt he drinks beer, but he might. You know what he might? We should, we should tweet that question out. Does, does Nick Saban drink beer? I think he does. I mean, I think he really does. Uh, but uh, Road Tide is five and zero, uh, and and five and zero, two and zero starts things off. You know, going to, back to Arkansas, going to Arkansas with. I mean, the Razorbacks are sixteenth ranked. They're they're four and one, and they're zero and one in in the other in the non conference. I'm sorry, uh, but um, Razorback Stadium there in Fayetteville is a, is a is a, is. I, I guess uh, you, you got to go with the the home field advantage. Alabama has really owned this rivalry, Rick, and 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 Nick Saban's tenure since his tenure anyway uh, really hasn't been easy. But I think you know I got to go with Alabama on this one. I think they're just too tough. They're just too big. They're just too dominating. I I would love to have the conversation with you about after the game and say, wow, you know, Arkansas, you know, here, here's the thing. We said the same thing about Michigan State. You you expect a lot uh, from Michigan State or Notre Dame, for that matter, but you don't expect a lot when it comes to that matchup between uh, Alabama and, and Arkansas. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it'll be a great ball game. It's going to be fun to watch as a, as a college football fan. But I think at the end of the day, I don't see where – Nick Saban doesn't have Arkansas's number because he's proven it because he's dialed it many times. Well, I I, I think over the years, except for 2012, when Alabama was just another an extension of an NFL team. But uh, I I don't think Alabama is, is invincible, and I think how you beat them is is to you got to have a good run game, uh, you got to have a good defense. But Alabama's going to score points regardless if you have a good defense defense or not. But you're going to have to be able to spread them out and hit on some bigger plays and really get their defense spread out, and then you're going to have to get the run game going. And I do think Arkansas is big enough up front and has a good enough run game to get the running game going, but I'm just not quite sure if they can spread out Alabama enough, you know, keep Alabama from loading up the box and stop the run. And that's where I think uh, Alabama is going to have the, have the advantage here and that where Alabama gets the win. 
Yeah, going on to our next game here. And I'm sorry, I took the leadership role. I did not mean to do that. Go right ahead, Rick. Hey, well, you're like a well, you, you've been a host for uh, you've been a host for what, 10, 12, 15? How long have you been a host for of a show? Uh, about fifteen years. I am so sorry. Years. I know you said I know you said well, the talking points for the show, and I wanted to respect that. So I we're, we may may or may not be going on to the next game. So I'll let you take that lead. That is my fault. I am so. Uh, you've been a host for fifteen years. I've been a host for fifteen minutes. So. <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna say the other game that you gave me the talking points because I wanted to make sure that that, that we covered them was it, it, it was Texas, but also that's the one of the teams we talked about as far as being a, a uh, mark, a, a hot seat in it. I mean, is Texas football Definitely. still one of the best, the best coaching jobs around? I mean, so you got two, two scenarios. You got, you got the Sooners in Oklahoma, both two and two, both great teams, both great, great organizations. But I, I tell you what, you, you look at Texas Longhorns, and there's the hot seat for you. I think really the next one to, to fall, if somebody's going to follow suit, is going to be Texas. Whew, they do have to beat the Sooners sooner than later. LOL, air quotes. But right, yeah. Ahead, but. Well, this is what I was getting ready to get into if you let me host my show. <laughs> Go right ahead. It's your show, buddy. I promise. Uh, your show. Yeah, I, I think this game is a uh, – a loser leaves town match. You know, if you're a fan of old wrestling, you know what that means. A loser leaves town. So I think that's what this is right here because I think the fans are starting to chatter there in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, also about Bob Stoops. You know, he's no longer big game Bob like he used to be winning all these big games. He's not like that no more. He lost to Texas last year, and Texas was horrible last year. And Texas had everybody fooled this year, bidding Notre Dame, but now we know that Notre Dame's not all that great. Great offense, terrible defense. Uh, that game doesn't mean anything anymore for te- anymore for Texas. Now they've lost to Oklahoma State. They've lost to Cal. Uh, I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma, too. And, uh, you know, Texas came out the other day and said they're not going to fire Charlie Strong during the season. And we talked about that, Les Miles, how they shouldn't have done that to him. They should have waited until after. Right, uh, right. If they weren't thinking about firing him, firing, they shouldn't have came out with a statement saying they're not going to fire him during the season. So I think he's gone, you know. If he somehow sure. uh, writes, writes the ship and beats Oklahoma, I think that really turns the pressure up on Bob Stoops. So I think this one, this one here is a loser, the loser leaves town match. Well, that's a, that's a very valid point, and I appreciate your reference to the WWE uh, because they don't follow right. the WWE because it's fake and football is real. But no, I'm just kidding. I, I, oh, you know, he, yeah. <laughs> I just play with it. You know, here, here, here's the thing. I, you know, I just, again, going back to what we talked about, Les Miles and LSU, I just don't think that it's a good idea to – I'm not saying that you can't fire him in the off season. I just don't know that it's a good idea to fire Charlie Strong right now. And and uh, I, I, I think that maybe you can blame Strong for not developing some of these guys. But, but, look, but, but look at what they've got. I mean, Rick, they've got – in in the big picture, I mean, they've got nothing but freshmen and sophomores on the on the field uh, at the same time. I, I I don't know. I mean, you could only do so much. I mean, these kids are just coming out of high school. I mean, you look at its overall ro- roster. I mean, it's amazing how many freshmen and sophomores are on the field. And of course, I think everybody does talk about Shane Bouchelle at uh, at the quarterback position, but. 
the Longhorn, the Longhorns, the leading receiver. What is John Bird? Is a is a is a sophomore. Uh, the team's uh, three leading tacklers, Anthony Wheeler, uh, uh, Jefferson, and, and Hager, are, are all true sophomores. In total, 11, uh, 11 of the of the sixteen on the field are basically recruits. I mean, but so you got to develop these young players, and I think going back to Nick Saban and you know uh, uh, other college football coaches, how are they, why do they have a winning program? Is because they've been able to to recruit and develop young. Just because you get are able to recruit, do you think for one minute, Rick, that that these college football coaches are recruiting and say, okay, go out there on the field and play, and, and then we're gonna we're gonna go from there? No, they have to coach, they have to teach. I think there's two types of coaches. You have the coach that that, that coaches to the results. Okay, we didn't win, we did, we you know we didn't do what we we're supposed to. It's on you. Go out there and do your job. But then you also have the coaches. Say what you one about Bill Belichick, but he's a perfect example of this. He's able to, to see the 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 talent within a player and develop that talent. So the thing about it is, in one of the you know, we talked about it just a, two, a few seconds ago, is is you know is Texas still one of the marquee jobs? And you and you agreed. You said yes. So, and why is that? Because why? Because they get recruits. They get good players. So, you, when you got that many freshmen and sophomores on the field, Charlie Strong can only do what he can do with freshmen and sophomore. I don't know that we need to rush to the decision to fire him. Well, you know, you just add, is Texas still a marquee job? I mean, I think what Nick Saban's done at Alabama, if it wasn't for that, I think Texas is the top job in college football. Uh, that's coming from me, an Irish fan. I, I mean, there's a lot of money at Texas, and Texas, just the name Texas, recruits itself, and it's mind blowing to me. And you touched on this for player development. Charlie Strong is known to be a defensive coach, very good defensive Absolutely. coach. Absolutely. But, uh, man, they gave up what 47 in Notre Dame. They gave up 45 to Cal, and or 47 to Cal. That's Maybe 50 to Cal. I'll rattle off the number at some point with California. And then uh, like 45 to Oklahoma State. They're getting more points than Notre Dame is. And Notre Dame is, is terrible on defense. And it, it's but they beat Notre Dame this year. They did beat Notre Dame because <laughs> it was the, whoever has the ball, whoever has the ball last is going to win that game. And that's how that game went. You, so. you remember, you remember <laughs> I, I had to rub that in it a little bit because you remember last year I – I was like, yeah, Texas is going to beat Notre Dame, hands down, and and I was I was proven wrong on that, and so yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> but it's it's crazy, you know, Texas recruits itself. It's that type of program. There's about five programs in college football that can just recruit itself just by its name: Bama, Texas, Notre Dame, USC, uh, Ohio State. You know, these, these Michigan, these programs can recruit themselves. And what it comes down to, they get the athletes. They get damn good athletes, you know, four or five stars. Easy. Whole team, four or five star athletes. But when you have a whole team like that, the next thing it comes down to is coaching a player development. And that's where you have to look at the head coach because he's not developing the players the way that they need to be uh, developed. Right, absolutely, and you know, again, I guess that's that's what I'm saying is it's it's too early to. I I think that's what I the reason why it's like with Notre Dame, people's like let's start firing people because we're not winning. You're not winning because the players aren't developed, and they're not developed just because they're young and and uh, you know they they want to. 
you got to develop the players. you got to play to their strengths. Did you see this, though, Rick, that, that you're talking about the Big 12 earlier, that Nebraska wants to go back to the Big 12? Did you hear about that? I didn't see that. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what would that do to the Big Ten? Maybe bring it back to the Big Ten. Yeah, they want to rejoin the the uh, the, uh, the the Big Twelve. That was that came out. Uh, I've never I seen, I never thought uh, Nebraska fits in the Big Ten. You know, Nebraska has always been a Big Twelve team. Big, big I mean, really? Well, that's also, I always I, thought the other one around. I thought that the obvious choice for the Big Ten being geographic who don't belong in the Big Ten. Nothing against Rutgers, but Rutgers doesn't belong in the Big Ten. They belong in the ACC. I think the yeah, division Maryland. <laughs> yeah, Maryland, for that matter, too, it should be regionally placed. I mean, clearly, if anybody's in the Midwest, it's Nebraska. But, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Big 12 wanting to explore the, the conference expansion, as you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, considering Houston and also uh, uh, Nebraska. But uh, uh, BYU even for the Big 12. Yeah. I I didn't know if you saw that, so – I didn't see that, but it, it's funny that we brought this up because uh, I thought about this earlier, and this happened a, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, where I actually got trolled on Twitter. And, you know, if you get trolled, trolled. on Twitter for something, yeah, where people are giving you negative comments about something you said or tweeted out or something you said, you know, I, it wasn't anything I said on your, on your radio show. It's something I tweeted out. I tweeted out. Uh, who's the better fit? Because UCLA even is being considered for the Big 12. Did you know that? Isn't that mind-boggling? UCLA. That's crazy. UCLA. No, I didn't. I did not know UCLA <laughs> was good. A part of that mix, I, I, and I guess the Big Ten maybe started. Air Force is also being considered. BYU, as you mentioned, Central Florida, Cincinnati. That's a, that's another one. UConn, really? And then of course we yeah. talked about Houston. Those are all teams I've heard about throwing around in the expansion of the Big 12. And, and where does it make sense at? Colorado State, absolutely. <laughs> uh, maybe Air Force and maybe BYU, but certainly I, I don't think that UConn makes sense. I don't think Houston makes sense. Um, Rice, why? Because they're in Houston? <laughs> I mean, hey, Florida, I don't, I mean, yeah, right. I don't know. They're just right. throwing names out there. I mean, I, I mean, you look at SMU and Tulane, and the Big Twelve should be. Maybe we're just talking about the region, but I, I think the Big Twelve should be that not Midwest, but not West. That area, Colorado, uh, you know, Idaho. We just look at who's currently in the Big Twelve. That that'll give you your answer. I mean, well, you know, what I was saying about getting trolled. You know, trolled is when people give you negative comments. You know, on Twitter or Facebook, or they can reach your your radio show, Tom, and and give you some negative comment about what you said on your radio show. That's that's being trolled. All right, and I got trolled sure. because. I put a poll out that said, "Who's the best fit for the Big Twelve right now?" And I put Houston, BYU, and the rumor. You know the the big surprise rumors being UCLA, and somebody said, uh, "Well, it's going to be Cincinnati," and if you would acknowledge that, you know, you would get more likes or retweets or more votes or something like that, and kind of being a d bag, you know, to me on Twitter for Cincinnati. So here here's my thing: if there's any Cincinnati fans listening, again? yeah, are, yeah, are yeah. yeah. The- <laughs> so if there's any Cincinnati Bearcats fans, and I'm not. 
I'm not getting on you right now, Cincinnati. Right, yeah, the archives. (laughs) Remember when you said the Diamondbacks and the D-backs? Yeah, the D-backs. Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) Here's my thing, Cincinnati Bearcat fans, football. In basketball, maybe it's kind of a good thing to see Cincinnati play against Kansas in the Big 12, but this was a football question. And if there's any Cincinnati fans listening right now for football, the phone number is 773-897-6327. And I want you to make the case for Cincinnati. And please tell me and put me back in my place of what Cincinnati football has really done after Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. I mean, please tell me what they've done. And don't call in and give me some bowl game that says muffler.com bowl game or whatever these bowl games are called that nobody's ever heard of, that they've won in the past couple of years or six years or whatever it's been. Uh, make your case for Cincinnati, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. But geographically, geographically, it makes no sense to me for Cincinnati for the Big 12, but the argument's going to be that West Virginia is in the Big 12, and that's much farther east than Cincinnati is. But I think over the past five, six years, West Virginia has just been a far more successful football program than Cincinnati. And if you're a fan, like I said, the phone number is 773 eight nine seven six three two seven but you only have three minutes left to do it call in to make the case for cincinnati and tell me give me some good reasons why they need to be a part of the big 12 well i i think we've we, we've totally decided that that the the geographic region of the school has nothing to do with the division that you're in and let's talk about notre dame being the same way rick i mean come on there's no reason the the that notre dame shouldn't be in the big 10 I mean, they need to be there's big a lot ten. of reasons for it. Huh? I, I think so. 100% they need to be the Big Ten. They need to be. Uh, the no, ACC, I, it makes no third The ACC in every sport except for football. So I think well, that, that was, I'm one of those older Dame fans that believes that they should join a conference in football. Wait, wait, Here's what you said. You said you should be in the Big Ten with every sport except for football. No. Football. No, 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 that's, that's, not that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Not, I, I don't know. <laughs> I said I, I agree. Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten. I said they should not be in the ACC, and I said they're in the ACC for every sport except football, and I don't agree with that. I think it's time to leave the past in the past, and Notre Dame for finally join a conference for football. I got you. It should be all the way around, across the board. You know, if you're in the Big Ten with IU or you are in the Big Ten with IU from, from football to basketball to field hockey to beer punk. I mean, right. you everything are in across the, the board in right. a conference, and that conference should be the Big Ten if you're Notre Dame. I totally agree with you on that. I, I, I guess I misunderstood what you're, you're saying there. <laughs> well, Tom, we got about a minute 30 left. Uh, finally, this is where I get to do this to you now. <laughs> yeah. It's where I get to do this to you. Uh, your final words, and tell us where we can find all your work, your your radio show, your Twitter, anything you want to throw out there. Where can we find your work? My my work in my masterpieces. That's that's usually my. And your work. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember how you word it. Yeah, you work in your masterpieces. <laughs> well, 
yeah, obviously you can find us on Twitter at T Balance and, and on on at thebalanceonline.com. We do it every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning on blog, well, blog Talk Radio, but across the nation, we're also on, on several different radio stations across the nation, and we do everything. It's not just college sports, it's not just NFL, it's not MLB, it's also a NASCAR, IndyCar. We talk a lot of racing. In fact, we have a whole segment ded- dedicated to nothing but racing. We have a lot of fun with it, and, and Rick often con- times comes on, especially when we talk about Notre Dame football and, and football, and is kind of our college football go-to guy. Uh, so certainly I'm excited here uh, to be on, on Option Pitch tonight and for my first time. And so, yeah, give us a give us a listen. You can find us at T-Balance, and we always tweet out the links. And, and I know that Rick does a lot of retweeting, so we're, it's pretty easy to find. You really just go to Blog Talk Radio or iTunes or, or any of your areas, places that you find podcasts, and just search the balance, and we're absolutely there. Tom, thank you very much for coming on. It's been my pleasure, sir. All right. This has been the Option Pitch, and until next Wednesday, 7 o'clock, we will see you then.